you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi and hello. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek football program. Ike Taylor and Ross Tucker are joining to talk about who the second best team in the NFL is. Andre Johnson, what to make of this Jamie Collins trade? Who the best teams, the worst teams are at the halfway point in the season? Oh, so much to kibitz about and great stories with Ike and Ross. Check it out. iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the sticks. Looking back at week eight of the NFL season. Also touch a little bit on a interesting weekend of college football and going to update our bad body, good player list. We have some new recommendations from you guys on Twitter that we will take before our, our court here and see if we <laughs> affirm any of these decisions. Bucky, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Great football weekend. My uh, college pits suck, but... Um, uh, my college picks were the same as yours. And yeah. my NFL picks were worse. You did good on the NFL this last week. I did not. Yeah, I missed man, some. I, I, need, I, need, I need to pick it up. Uh, when I look at uh, what happened last week, but a couple things I want to get into. When you look at the scores from last week's game, I'll be honest with you, perfectly honest with you, did not watch any of the Vikings-Bears game. Halloween, you got trick-or-treating going on. You didn't watch it. It was a good game. I didn't see it. I was shocked when I saw it. I ended up – I got in this morning and I watched the tape, uh, some of the tape of the Vikings defense, wanted to see what they – sorry, of the Bears defense, wanted to see what they were doing. Man, Leonard Floyd. How about them? He came on. Came on, made good. an impact. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'll be honest. I wasn't a huge Leonard Floyd fan in the draft because I wondered if he would be able to uh, have some production off the edge. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Barcavis Mingo, and maybe I was scared off by um, the, frame. the frame and how light he was. Would he be effective? But he's found a way to make himself uh, a pretty good pass rusher. He's coming on like gangbusters, and because they were able to get a rush with four, they would do a good job in coverage. Um you know, I like. I know the Bears were one of six corners in the game. You liked them in this up, game, Buck. You liked them. You know, like I, w- I was impressed with how they played. But I'm gonna have to go on the other side of the ball because this is the guy that I slept on the entire draft process, Jordan Howard. I, yeah. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't I, a huge fan either. Wasn't a huge fan. Didn't know much about him. Um, obviously, like he, he kind of like a one-year wonder playing behind Tevin Coleman. But he has been 
uh, better transferred than over from UAB. Had some production over there, but I just didn't. I think he had a ton of juice. But he's man, he looks he looks great. You know, one cut runner, very physical, running in between the tackles, puts his foot in the ground, and is very very decisive. Uh, finishes runs with power and physicality. Doesn't have necessarily the long speed, but for the Bears and for Foxy. Having known Foxy when we were together at Carolina, he had, you know, we had Stephen Davis. And Stephen Davis didn't necessarily have the juice, but he was a physical, rugged runner. And you could kind of lather him up, give him 25, 30 carries. And with Jordan Howard, I'm beginning to see them find an identity because they can run the ball. And I don't think it's a coincidence because they were able to run the ball successfully. Jay Cutler looked like a real dude. All right. A couple other games I want to get to, Eagles, Cowboys, Packers, Falcons. But before we do that, Patriots end up beating the Bills. Not a surprise. We both predicted that saw that one coming however was surprised to see a trade that we had go down with jamie collins were you shocked by that one i am shocked by that i'm always surprised when good players are let go and i know there's been some scuttlebutt about jamie collins but you know prior to this trade all we heard about was how he's kind of like the new prototype athlete of the linebacker position guy that can line up play inside can play outside we saw how valuable he was to the team last year doing their playoff run his ability to come off the edge cover people down the field um you just can't find guys like that and so when you have a hybrid player guy that can do so many things it's hard for me to see or justify why you want to let him go outside of the fact that he was in the last year of his deal and he wanted big time money yeah that's that seems to be part of it i know uh mike lombardi who we both know well has kind of gone in on his play in terms of you know not playing within the system and uh, and not giving great effort and it was interesting when I watched the one of the plays that that Mike was referencing was the second play of the game and so I went back and watched the tape watched the entire game to see what Jamie Collins was doing in that game against Buffalo and he was right on that second play he ends up kind of shooting a the gap they bounce they bounce the run for 28 yards and uh, and his bad the rest of the game when I watched it Buck I didn't see I mean they scored a touchdown where uh, they were down about the two-yard line, and uh, he's kind of got two gaps he's responsible for. He comes off, hits the guy at the one, and kind of just powers through him to score a touchdown. I think it was Gillis Lee that, that yep. powered through him. But uh, I don't really put that on him. And then I saw him with a couple pressures, had a couple pressures, a couple quarterback hits, saw him covering, looked athletic. So to me, I don't know. I, I looked read between the lines here. I thought, okay, maybe this is an attitude issue. I know, mean, it could something be. Something going on behind – Close doors. Because let me let me just pose this to you. So it was for a 2018 pick. So when you think about this, two years. Well, actually, so it's a. Uh, it's Arjun, it's, jump in here. It's for the What's compensatory the uh, third round pick in 2017. It's it was announced as a 2014 a 2018 fourth round pick. Yeah. But once the Browns get that third round compensatory pick, it'll go to that from Alex Mack. Yeah. Uh, leaving for I believe the Falcons. Okay. This year they'll get that third round pick for 2017. So the no 2018 pick. No 2018. Okay. Well, that makes still. I'm, I'm go ahead and make my. I point. mean, you're talking about a third round pick, and so I mean, they. I want to say Jamie Collins was a second rounder. He was a guy that came from Ole Miss. We played some safety. They kind of moved him around the linebacker. Southern Miss. Transits. Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Yep. Um, he, he, he comes in, and he really was a really big contributor for them. And I just don't like to let good players leave the building. And so I know they talked about his freelance ability, but this is also a team that had a junior sayout, the late junior sayout, was known to freelance a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so there are some liberties that people have taken within that defense. Maybe just a situation where he and Bill Belichick didn't get along and they just wanted to part ways. But I certainly don't believe that this trade made the Patriots better. And I think it could be one of those trades that we look back in the postseason where it may have come back to harm him because the guys that they brought over, the Calvin Noise and those other guys, they haven't played at the level that we've seen Jamie Collins play. 
Now, here's a, a couple points I want to make. So this is what I was originally getting ready to say here, is that if you're the Patriots, you hold on to Jamie Collins for the rest of the season. And a season, by the way, which you have Super Bowl aspirations. Absolutely. He helps you this year. Maybe you, maybe he makes a play, gets you a Super Bowl. Then you don't re-sign him. He walks. You, the, the Patriots are not active in free agency. They're going to get a fantastic comp pick. It's going to be a third or a fourth round pick they're going to end up getting for him. Same pick. Yeah, so they're going to still get him for this year in the playoff run, and they're still going to get this similar value pick. Now, the difference being the Browns is going to be the first pick. Uh, you know, or If it's a comp pick, no, it's still going to be at the bottom of the third round. So that's yep. It's just case. a year difference. So yeah. 2018. You're getting it now versus, yeah. versus a year later. That That's the only difference there. And the other thing, the other point that I was thinking of was Eric Mangini. Okay, a Bill Belichick disciple. What was the biggest knock on him with the Browns? I remember. Look, I I got let go, so I wasn't there when he was there. But in talking to people, it was, man, he's gotten rid of all – he doesn't want any athletes. He wants a bunch of robots, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of you know smart robots he can plug in there that can run his defense. Well, guess what? When you don't have Tom Brady, you don't have Rob Gronkowski, a it bunch of work. smart robots doesn't work. It didn't work there. And so this is a situation where I'm going, man – are they good enough defensively that they just throw away an athlete like this? That's a head-scratcher to me. I don't think so. I don't think they're good enough from a personnel standpoint to be able to throw away a talented player because I believe that he would probably rate as a blue player in most systems in terms of his ability to make contribution, his ability to be a, probably a top-10 player at his position. I think he falls in that realm. And so when you have a blue player, you just don't like to give those away. Yes, it can be masked and overshadowed by the work that the offense is doing. The offense can play keep away and not expose the defense to a lot of uh, opportunities or reps. But at some point, when you get into the playoffs, you have to be able to play solid defense. And without Jamie Collins, I wonder, can they go toe-to-toe with some of the heavyweight teams that they may face in the AFC? I know he got beat up in coverage a little bit in the playoff game. I want to say against Denver last year. Right? Was it Owen Daniels that got a little bit, a couple little times? A little bit, a little play but, action. But, uh, but, uh, touchdowns by Owen Daniels. Yeah. had, what, zero touchdowns during the regular season? Yeah, again, though. But sounds, not, sounds like a Patriots fan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, I mean, his, his ability, when you watch him, he plays inside, he plays outside, they move him all around. You know, I, I don't know. I, it seemed like it's just – Maybe they feel like that because in, in Calvin Noy, the guy they traded for last week from the Detroit Lions, he has ability He did to some play. of that at BYU. He did some of that stuff. He ain't, not, 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 not to the level of Jamie Collins. No question. Um, so I want to get through, through that. Maybe we'll see before uh, the end of the day we might have a couple more trades come down. But as of right now, uh, we're airing this podcast. That's – that's pretty much it, and we had a trade. I think Jonathan Banks got traded. I don't think anybody's too fired up about that. <laughs> Packers, let's go Packers-Falcons real quick, Bucky. What did you uh, what did you see in that one? Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal game. Line up those, the receiver in the backfield, Devontae Adams, got about 900 balls in this game, but uh, the Falcons still found a way to win it. Falcons found a way to get it done, but we'll focus on the Packers first. And what I like about the Packers is they're finally playing their young guys at wide receiver. So much of their issues early in the season, I felt like, was attributed to the fact that they weren't using the juice that they had within the lineup. Young guys, Trevor Davis coming over, being able to be a contributor, not only as a returner, but as a receiver. Uh, Geronimo Allison had an opportunity to play because Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb didn't play. Um, we've seen some of those other young guys come in and make contributions. So now when you get Randall Cobb back, you put Ty Montgomery back in there, Jordy Nelson continues to get healthy, they can try out what they call their big five package, which is when – they put five receivers on the field. They may have one of those guys going to the backfield. They go at a no-huddle tempo, and then they keep you from matching up with their personnel. Aaron Rodgers beginning to look more like Aaron Rodgers, and part of it is because their young guys are getting on the field. I, I took some heat on Twitter. People were like, oh, you're not saying what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers now? And I'm like, did you watch when we <laughs> talked about him? Because what we clearly stated was his issues were 100% correctable. Absolutely. That 
because he's playing well now doesn't mask the fact he was not playing well earlier this season. Absolutely. It, it, he's cleaned it, some things up. But we have to call it a call a spade a spade. He wasn't playing very well early in the season. And we talked about he wasn't playing well, but also the receivers weren't helping him by uncovering. We've seen the last couple of weeks when they've gone to the Big Five package because they went to the Big Five package a little more first against Dallas, then in the game prior to that, I want to say in Chicago. And now we've seen them use more receivers, more juice on the field, more athleticism, more guys that can get open. Consequently, Aaron Rodgers is able to scramble a little more and make big plays, which have always been kind of like the backbone of that offense. Um, one of the things when we switch over to the to the other side there with the uh, with the Falcons is – you never, you never. This is why you never claim victory or defeat on a player until mm-hmm. a couple of years in. Last year, Vic Beasley didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Had another sack. It was a little bit of a garbage sack in this game, but as of right now, Buck, um, seven and a half. Yeah, he's third in the league, I believe, in sacks. Um, so it got me to thinking. We've talked about this before. Something Ozzy believed in it, with the Ravens. With when I was there, we talk about production mattering when it comes to sacks in college. And Deion Jordan is a, is a great example. Somebody didn't have sack production. You protect nope. him to have it and never did. Obviously, some off-the-field issues there as well. But so I just got thinking. I, I went through, and as the stats stand right now, I went through the top 12 mm-hmm. in sacks, and I went through their college production. Overall, career sacks, and then the last two years, so in case they weren't really involved or didn't get a lot of play time, their last two years of college football, how many sacks they got. So it's pretty interesting. You want me to rip through these? Let's do it. All right. Lorenzo Alexander currently leading the league in sacks. <laughs> Somebody who had never had something like – never more than like four and a half sacks, I don't think, throughout it in his NFL career, in a long NFL career. So He's he been is, more of a special teamer yeah, for most of his career. He's he's an exception because he, I think he only had four and a half sacks. He, his did not show up. I had to do some digging on his college stats. But I believe it was four and a half over a four-year career at Cal. His last two years, one and a half and one. So – He's the he's the outlier. Von Miller, thirty three sacks in his career. His last two years, seventeen and then ten and a half. Um, and keep an eye on how many of these guys have at least one double digit sack year. Yep. Cliff Averill, a little bit lower number, twelve and a half, and just that two years there, six and then six and a half. So he's a little bit lower. But now we go Vic Beasley, thirty sacks in his career, thirteen and nine his last two years. D Ford, twenty seven and a half, six and a half, but then fourteen his last year. Kerrigan, thirty three and a half. 13 and then 12 and a half, so numbers are great. Arakpo, 23, 5 and a half, but then 11 and a half, so it goes over 10 his last year there. Marcus Golden, a little bit lower, but you got to remember all those defensive linemen they yes, had there. Yes, eight Missouri, up some of the sacks. Eight up some of those. So he had 14 and a half uh, over his career, 16 and a half, and then eight. Um, uh, Trent Murphy, I, I'd forgotten about this. He's having a good year so far. Out of Stanford, 32 and a half sacks, 10 and then 15. He had 15 sacks his last year at Stanford. Yep. Uh, Eric Walden, 31 and a half, 11 and a half, 11 and a half, and then his last year he had two. I don't know if he was injured or what there. Uh, Leonard Williams is an interior player at USC, had the high ankle sprain, but he, he ended up with 20 sacks over his career, which is a pretty good total. Uh, five and then seven. I think, believe he had eight as a freshman. Willie Young, 20, six and a half, and then eight. So most of them have at least one double-digit year, and if not a double-digit year, they're in that seven, eight range. The production does matter when you're evaluating pass rushers. Production matters when you're evaluating pass rushers because at the end of the day, the guys that can get home, there's a skill to getting the quarterback on the ground. And so – you want to have guys that are very, very productive. Now, this is something you obviously worked on the Ozzy. It's something that I heard Ozzy talk about before, so I always paid close attention to it. So even years ago when we would have those debates where we were talking about Vic Beasley or some of the other guys, Anthony Barr was another guy that we had talked about. Yep. Um, the sack production in college, to me, 
would would stand out and I would be more prone to hang on those guys because if they had done it back-to-back years or multiple years, I believe that they could replicate it, just like we're seeing with Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa, like, he may not be the most explosive athlete, but he has a knack for getting there. And so there's something to that. And I think at that position in particular, we have to play close attention to production. One other thing that stands out to me, and we'll talk, we'll use Vic, Vic Beasley as the guy to talk about it. I studied Vic Beasley last week as part of my notebook that I write on Fridays. And one of the things that helped Vic, Vic Beasley this year kind of find his game, one, they moved him to linebacker so they could move him around a little bit, put him on the open side, put him over to tight end and create some favorable matchups. The other thing, and we're seeing this a lot, people are moving their best pass rusher to left defensive end oh, yeah. so they can work against the right tackle on offense. The right tackle is normally the inferior of the pass protectors on the edges. And so now you have a guy that can throw a fastball and a guy that can't hit a fastball. <laughs> and so Vic Beasley has benefited from that. We saw the sack that he got um, to, to seal the game, uh, one against San Diego. And then again, um, he has been able to get these sacks because he's working against the inferior talent on that side. No question. A great point there, Buck. Uh, let's go real quick here, what we saw from Eagles-Cowboys. It was a great game. It was a wildly entertaining game. My one point that I would make from a scouting standpoint, the biggest criticism of the Eagles coming out of this game, they didn't throw the ball down the field. Dink and dunk, he was averaging five yards, mm-hmm. you know, a throw. And it was – and it, it was. look, when you're watching it, it looks weird because they never attacked down the field. They absolutely should have taken a couple shots. They didn't do it. But I, I just from a scouting standpoint, when you go back and watch their tape, once Lane Johnson left the lineup and you saw that they could not block Ryan Kerrigan. They, they can't protect him. They can't protect. In order to take shots down the field, you have, you to, have to be able to protect. Yeah. So I think they felt like that was their best way to move the football in this game, and they were pretty effective moving it up and down. If if, if Wendell Smallwood doesn't fumble, a lot of ifs and buts, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, to me, I thought, yeah, I should have taken some shots. But I understand why they didn't. I think so many people were so baffled by that. I thought it was pretty easy to understand. Well, I think it's pretty easy to understand when you talk about their own issues as it relates to their personnel. Offensive tackle, right tackle is an issue, so you don't want to necessarily expose Carson Wentz to the licks. But also the coverage on the other end kind of dictates whether you can take shots a lot. Those who know Rod Marinelli understands that he's a Tampa 2 disciple. Bend, he believes break. in bending but don't breaking. They're not going to allow the ball really to fly over their head. The Dallas Cowboys have been very, very good on defense because they've been simple and allow their guys to play fast. They can get a single high safety looks on early downs, play some cover three, some cover one, which is man-to-man free, uh, free safety in the middle, play bump and run on the outside. The Eagles don't have receivers that can necessarily escape that. Secondly, when they get you in long yard situations, they're going to play cover two. They're going to force you to take the check now. Carson Wentz was smart enough not to challenge the coverage, to take the dink and dunk and allow those guys to uncover. So, yes, you would like to see more shots, but the defense and the protection didn't allow him to take shots down the field. I think you'll look for one adjustment for the Eagles to make going forward. They've got to get Ertz down the seam. He's plenty capable of making, giving them some chunk plays down the middle of the field. When you see those, that especially that too high look that you're talking about, Bucky, yep. get a tight end, let him work over that middle linebacker. That should be an advantage, a matchup advantage for the Eagles. They haven't cashed that in. We flip it over to the Cowboys on the offensive side of the ball. I wanted to see how this Eagles front would go up against this Cowboys offensive line. I thought the the, uh, the Eagles 
made some plays up front. I thought Brandon Graham, Doug Free, a matchup we talked about, favorite yep. Eagles. But I thought over the long haul, over the course of the game, you get into the third, you get late into the fourth quarter, those big guys keep leaning on you. It, 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 plays, a, it plays a role. I thought they wore them down, and the Cowboys front ended up getting the better of them. Yeah, I think they wear them down, and that's what Dallas has to do. they got to hit you with the jab. They have to lean on you. They have to make it a 15-round fight. And if they take it to – the distance, they're going to win on the cards because they're bigger and more physical than most teams. And when you have a Zeke Elliott who is really slowed down in terms of letting the game come to him, reading the reads at the point of attack and being able to take the yardage that's available while also running with the power and physicality that we like, Dallas is a tough matchup because they make you kind of play in a phone booth and a lot of teams don't have the personnel on defense to kind of hold up against that attack. And I thought Dak, you talked, we've talked to him uh, about the college guys, about Deshaun Watson previously, you know, when he get in those clutch moments, whatever issues he has, they seem to kind of just drift away. Dak Prescott, to his credit, same thing. When, when they need a throw, when they need a drive, he just slow. He has that ability to slow everything down. And I think that's a skill, and we'll continue to talk about Deshaun Watson, particularly, especially if he declares for the draft. That is the one trait that you can always say about Deshaun Watson. He understands how to step his game up in those critical moments. With Dak Prescott, we're seeing that too. He was off for most of the game. He missed a lot of throws. It wasn't his best performance. But when they needed it, they needed it late stages of the fourth quarter in overtime. He delivered, and I think that matters more than some of the mechanics and some of the missed throws that he had early in the game. The fact that when called upon and they needed plays, he was able to deliver those plays. All right, no question. I know we're a little bit crunched on time today, Buck. I want to, before we get to the college stuff here, Arjuna, we've had some, uh, we've had some requests for additions to our all-bad-body-good-player team. And uh, for those that don't know, we've been doing this for a couple episodes now. And, and scouting, you use the phrase bad body, good player. Might not look the part, maybe a little sloppy, <laughs> a little undersized, a little oversized. Doesn't look right, but he's a really good football player. So we've compiled a team. We've got some guys. We've got a good chunk of our lineup. We're in need, though, of some guys on the defensive side of the ball, particularly linebackers and secondary. I know we had uh, some nominations from everybody on Twitter. Arjun, do you have any of those for us? Yeah, so on the defensive side, Two linebackers or three linebackers that people suggested. Uh, perfect. Vontae's uh, perfect, Bucky. That seems like a yeah. That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Is that a pencil for us or pen? No, we put any pen. He's in. All right. Vontae's perfect has got a spot. He's a linebacker. I'm putting him in right now. We got Telvin Smith. Damn. Skinny. Mm. I don't, I'm not gonna go. He's got a uh, yeah. safety body. I'm not gonna say bad body. I'm saying I vote no. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he go. I don't think he would. These are normally the dumpy guys. What else we got? And then the other linebacker, Manti Teo. Ooh, mm. I think that's an intriguing one. Manti Teo is a pencil. He's pencil right now. I'm not willing to put him in pen just yet, but I'll go. I'll go pencil for Manti. Other we, other defensive players we have some more D linemen. If you yeah, give him, well, just give me what do we have here? So we got uh, Claiborne for D end, Babineau, okay, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald though, I don't think he's just a he's just a squinched body. Yeah, he's short, just built different. Yeah, uh, Brandon Maybane. Oh, Brandon Meebane. Brandon Meebane, he can make that. Ones. He can make that. The dance. Yeah. Meebane, you want to put him? See, we, ha- we might have to put a vote on that one because right now at that – Will Fork's a lock. Yes. But we've got Nick Fairley, Danny Shelton, and let's add Meebane. We've got three guys for one spot there. So maybe on Twitter let us know if, who who, uh, who should win that one. Fairley, Danny Shelton, Meebane. Danny Shelton, I watched him again today, Buck. He's playing great. You know, he has those traits that we look for inside. I mean, he's still not necessarily a three-down player, but his quickness, his athleticism, he uses his hands really well. He can control and stack at the point of attack. 
He's playing well for the Browns. The Browns haven't gotten all the wins, but they've got some nice performances from their rookie class. We had one previously. Again, we have a lot of these in pen, some of them in pencil. One in pencil that I would like to move over to pen. Okay, what we got? Darrell Revis. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's time. I think we're going to lock him in. <laughs> I think no it's time. Pencil. He is in pen. Uh, he, woo, father time is a rough one there. Uh, any other ones? Uh, we got Mike Daniels, the end. Mm, he's player. a big guy. Good big player. body. We have a couple O linemen: uh, Justin Britt, Jason Kelsey, Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson. Mm-hmm. And and somebody threw out there. This was kind of strange to me. Russell Wilson. Because he's small. Quarterback, smaller. He's kind of like a small refrigerator. You know who surprisingly just watch when you watch him does not look like he has a good body is uh, is Laramie Tunsil. He's got a little bit of a belly going on. Yeah, there. I can see. Yeah, that. you know, good good eating now. Yeah, a lot of Cuban food down there in uh, in Miami. Um, and we have a guard spot open. I don't know. He, I, we could find a worse guard body than that. Uh, to be to be continued. Those are some good. We got a couple of new additions there. Oh, and then uh, there's King Dunlap as well, offensive tackle. On so King Dunlap coming out of college was an unbelievably mm. bad body. Yeah, but he's he's found the weight room. He's 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 transformed his body. So I'm not I'm not we'll keep uh, him off. Yeah, I'm gonna keep him off. Hats off to him for working hard. <laughs> he got it. He fought his way. He just fought his way off of bad body, good player to now. Good body, okay player. <laughs> it's an entirely different list. So we still need safeties. We we don't have any. Safeties. Yeah. So here's what we need. We need another. We need a center. We need to nail down the center spot. Which shouldn't be that hard. We should be able to find. You know, Nick Mangold's got kind of a bad body, yeah. and it's kind of a sloppy beard thing going on too. The whole thing's kind of sloppy. Very bad beard. I'm gonna go pencil on Nick Mangold until I hear something better. Okay, we can pencil him in. Um, we need another guard. We need a defensive end. We need another linebacker. We need a corner and two safeties. What about DJ Fluker? Do, do, do we have him in there? Ah, that's a that's a good nomination. Fluker or Chance Warmack? One of those. Oh, Chance Warmack, I would vote for over Fluker. Yeah, one of, you know, one of those. For guard, I'll go Warmack and pencil. Warmack and pencil. Um, we need a corner and two safeties though. We got to get some safety nominations. Yeah, safeties. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. This is a work in progress, and we'll continue to upgrade this list as we go along. Bucky, from the college weekend, Clemson-Florida State was a great game. We both went Seminoles, and we both missed. Yeah, we both took L's on that, but that's okay. I mean, sometimes you you have to dare to be different. What was really telling in that game, it was the Dalvin Cook showcase. Uh, I think we got a chance to see all that Dalvin Cook could be at the next level. Uh, Terrific inside runner, um, has explosive quickness, can bounce and get outside. Uh, traditionally and consistently catches the ball out the backfield. Did have a big drop that probably could have changed the outcome of the game a little bit down the boundary, but I like what he brings to the table. Um, I think he's similar to Devontae Freeman in a way, but he's an upgrade. I think when I did the evaluation over the summer, I wrote down in my my, um, notebook, kind of reminds me a little bit of Warwick Dunn in terms of how he kind of plays the game, has some slippery, um, some slipperiness that he, he can get to, some Looseness that I like. He's a really good player. I think I think he it's gonna be really, really interesting following him in this draft process. Washington ended up squeaking one out uh over Utah. Dante Pettis, nice job in in the punt return game there for them. Their running back had a big game too. Yeah. Yeah, the little little back. Gaskin. Yes. Gaskin's He's a good nice little player. Game. Um Louisville, I watched that game. Lamar Jackson, when he needed to, he he dialed it up a notch too. Man, he he he's got a hose, man. That ball uh, jumps out of his hand. Big arm, dynamic athlete. The thing that to me that is special about Lamar Jackson, even when I look at Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is a good athlete. Lamar Jackson is dynamite. 
Nice word, though, by dynamite. Uh, here's here we're gonna do a lot of this as we go towards the draft, and we'll see who ends up declaring all that kind of stuff. But i have already got a couple guys where it's gonna be fun to sort out. We've got Davis, a linebacker from Florida, mm-hmm. Jared Davis, and then you've got Reuben Foster at Alabama. Woo! These are two studs now. Yeah, Reuben, Reuben Foster is a grown he man. He is a dude. He He's is a, a grown dude. Man. I was talking to Phil Savage, a good friend who runs a Senior Bowl. Uh, I work with him. You've known him forever, Buck. And uh, Reuben Foster, he he went ahead and put him, when I talked to him that day, he put him in that Patrick Willis class. Ooh. And I, I said, no. I mean, when I look at where he's going to go in the draft, Pat, I think, went like 9, 10, somewhere around there, top 15 pick. Uh, C.J. Mosley, I believe, was 18, 19, somewhere in there. I think yeah, Reuben Foster's got a chance to go way up there. I think he has – I mean, he's a physical player. I mean, he's a grown man. He has a maturity and a, and a leadership sense in terms of how he plays the Ooh, game. Patrick plays Willis. It. Do we have – Where? Did he, what number did he get? Patrick Willis was uh, in the top ten. Did he go, end up going in the top ten? And, top and 10, Keek, top Willis, 11. Willis was 11. He yeah. was 11. Mosley was 17. Okay, and then Keekley, I believe, was nine. Yeah, he was in. He was definitely in. The that top was here. I was in Philly. We like took that. Fletcher Cox. That was. There's sometimes. Look, you get lucky um, as a team when you're targeting one guy. He's not there, and you end up getting the other guy. He ends up being a better player than the one you were targeting. And in Philly, the, the two players we had zeroed in on were Keekley and Fletcher Cox. Yeah, couldn't go wrong with either Angle one. Wrong. Couldn't go wrong with either one. Um, anyway, so it's going to be fun to kind of sort out some of these battles with these college players. Buck, we got we got to run here. But uh, we have a lot of video content. Our mid-season all-rookie team, we got uh, videos up for you guys to check out on YouTube. Go to the NFL channel. Just pump in Move the Sticks on YouTube. You'll find it. Uh, we also have uh, a bunch of other content you can find on that YouTube channel as well as NFL.com slash MTS video. Be sure to send us your submissions. We need to finish up this bad body, good player list. Buck, you, uh, you good to go? Good to go. Last week, you, you brought us out of the show. Did you did I? such a bang-up job. Did I? I think it's your uh, your responsibility from now on. I don't remember. I don't even remember what I said. I, I mean, well then, you know, do it again. I don't. Do I don't again. remember what I said. I, it must have been freestyle Friday. I don't know, but I know this: you can get all your mood sticks content. Make sure you go Woo! to NFL.com. Check all that stuff that we have out. Uh, YouTube, we are on it. You always use Stitcher and some of the other stuff. iTunes. Yes. You can leave us a rating stuff. on iTunes. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can it. leave us a review and all that other stuff. I feel like I need to script it. Okay. You're good at this, man. I feel like I need you to write this in. All right. We're done. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.